Welcome to the Alchemize Your Life podcast. On this episode, we're talking about the key ingredient that is keeping you stuck in your <gasps> feminine. Hi, I'm Sian Kenshin. And I'm Sophie Ma. And we're here to alchemize, alchemize your life. In this podcast, we show you how to apply the principles of spirituality, prosperity, and sexuality to create true and lasting transformations in your life and business. Join us at the Prism Institute of Quantum Alchemy as we explore the ancient, esoteric teachings of Buddhism, Tantra, Hermetics, and more. As we weave these primal energies together within ourselves, we repair the fractured consciousness of humanity itself. Join us in liberating the world and realizing that the gold is in you. It's definitely time for people to get a little more serious and a little more, what can I say, masculine uh -oh. with their spirituality. But I thought spirituality was all about being in the feminine and being in flow and only doing what it is that I feel like doing in any given moment. Well, I mean, that's where you're supposed to polarize initially so that you can see that you are not all of those action type things. Mm. But that doesn't mean you stay there. And this is the thing that we're seeing so often in the spiritual community is forgetting that what got you to where you are will not get you to where you're going. Being super in flow and in bliss is not the end goal. It is a milestone. Yeah, you're, you're really just exploring the polarities that are in your being. You're actually finding out, oh, hey, I wasn't all of that action that, that, that I defined myself by. Now I've done all of this work and I've unwound all of those habits and patterns. And, and now, I'm like, now I'm like this puddle of water on the table with no glass. <laughs> And nobody likes a puddle of water on their table. Least it's of all, very Sophie. Useful. It's not very useful. It's right? in the way you that my paper gets ruined. You can't drink it. I mean, you just, you just gotta like, like try and lap it up. You know, it's just like, in the way. It's just just in the way. <laughs> you just have to be swept up, and better luck next time. Mopped up off the floor. You know, it's funny because we, for a similar trend, you see something very similar with this in the spiritual community, where people go through a state of asceticism, a state of. Um, a mindset of asceticism. And this is actually very well documented as part of the awakening process. One of our mentors, Jeffrey Martin, has actually shown that this is a very necessary deconditioning stage in your brain and your ego, where it's literally reforming um, neurological pathways. And when that happens, essentially what's happening is all of the things, all of the material things that you thought defined who you were and were going to make you happy and bring you joy and prove that you were worthy to everybody around you, well, you end up finding worthiness and love on the inside, so you don't need those things anymore. And then you brutally excise them from your life. Yeah, it's very, very common for people yeah. that go through this process to sell five-bedroom houses, move across the world. Guilty. Guilty. Get, get rid of everything they own, sell their car, right? I mean, you guys literally have watched, if you've been around for a while, you've literally watched CNN and I go through this process as well. Yeah. It's a super common part of the spiritual awakening uh, and ego reconstruct or in that case deconstruction process and as long as you don't get trapped in that like 
stripping things down, just going down to the bare metal and then like stay there in, in the feminine, in the empty, mm-hmm. in the emptiness. Uh, at some point, if you continue practicing, you continue your development, you continue your, your sort of rituals and routines, um, you get you break through that and you also begin to disidentify with that. Mm-hmm. Right. And you begin to disidentify with, oh, just being purely feminine now and just being purely pure flow and no um, no structure, no forethought, no planning. Like you begin to recognize, oh, these tools have value, but I am not these tools. Mm-hmm. That was the important lesson was not to get rid of the tools. Mm-hmm. The important lesson was to realize that you were not those tools. And so it was necessary for you to experience yourself in a way where those were not online. Exactly the same with the asceticism, right? Like we get rid of everything that we own, everything that was formerly important to us as part of the process of disidentifying with the material realm. Mm -hmm. But that's not where you're meant to stop eventually that comes back. Eventually you're going to find a desire to own nice things again, but it's not coming from a place of, I have to have the latest iPhone because otherwise I'm not like fitting in and cool and worthy with my friends. It's coming from a place of, I want the newest iPhone because it actually allows me to like do my job more effectively or to have more podcasts downloaded or whatever the thing is, right? There's a functional realistic tool and it's not coming from a place of ego and of need. And this is the same thing we're talking about when it comes to structure. You have to break apart the structure, but then eventually it needs to come back because this is not about being polarized in one direction or the other. It's about a reintegration, a middle path and coming back to center. Yeah. I love what you said there about like coming back to the middle, right? Like Osha talks about this, Buddha talked about this. Um, all of the, the hermetic, like ancient occult people talk about like finding some sort of balance yeah. between the two middle pillars or to not the, between the two opposing pillars. You find balance in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. Divine union within oneself. Right. Um, what, what is it like severity and mercy, yeah. right? Like you, you have this, this, the severe, like, like side that can cut through using discernment and like just brutally excise what's no longer required, Mm -hmm. right? And then you also have this merciful side that is like recognizes like beings require compassion in order to grow and like all all of these sort of things. And that in in the balance of these two things, you find beauty, right? Right, like think about like a garden, okay? If we were not severe with a garden, if we did not cut out the pieces that didn't bring a certain aesthetic to it. For example, if we didn't weed, even just weeding, not even worrying about aesthetics, but if we didn't weed the garden and keep it from certain plants overgrowing into other plants. Right. If we were overly feminine 
oh, every single plant here is worthy and every single plant here is beautiful and I'm going to let all of the plants live. Every plant is equal. Yeah. Let's hold hands and sing Kumbaya. Jesus Christ, guys, like you must have, you must learn discernment. If you do not learn how to identify what is in alignment with your vision and what is not, you cannot create a vision. You cannot create change, mm-hmm. right? And just go back to the garden, right? What else does a garden require? It requires you to create space for it to grow as well. Yeah, as we know, the plants don't grow as well if they're all crowding over each other, right? Like there needs to be room in between them for them to all flourish. Yeah, and and, and you also need to like like from from a time perspective, right? Just allow it to grow. You can't you can't get all masculine on it and say you must grow faster, and I'm gonna pour all of this like fertilizer on you, and I'm you're just gonna ruin it as well. Like yeah. trying to control it too much. In fact, there's actually studies that show that if you yell at plants, they grow slowly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exa- exactly. Like like so so this is also the balance of the masculine and the feminine, right? Like if you are all feminine with your garden, your garden's going to turn into a jungle, mm-hmm. right? Like we live in a very beautiful villa here with like amazing aesthetic jungle elements. Mm-hmm. But they're always in here chopping down trees, trimming things. trimming things. We were actually really sad because we had this beautiful vine growing on one of our walls and it has these really delicious fruits that you can only really get in the tropics. They had them in Costa Rica too. I can't remember what they're called. And they were just growing in our garden and we were so excited about it. We're like, yes, this is beautiful nature. We love you. And then we woke up one day and they had cut the whole fucking it, thing it, down. It had gotten sick. But so. it, that's, it had gotten sick. It yeah. was rotting from the inside yeah, and out. Was, and so they chopped not just part of it. The whole thing. The whole thing got pulled out. Yeah. Well, it was going to attract, you know, like things that were going to come and clean up the dead material, right? Yeah. Like this is what nature does. Nature is brutal. Nature is severe. She eats anything that's sick. You know? And she does that, and that is part of her life cycle. Yeah, she like I mean, you wonder why they have to use all these pesticides and things in sort of modern agriculture. Like, guys, this this is because it's out of balance. It's because the plants themselves are sick. They're like, a they're genetically modified, so they're they're not in a good vibration. They're not in, uh, you know. Coherence. parody or coherence with nature so nature sends her, her her armies to go and get them yeah right this is unhealthy we need to clean it up but you, you talk to people who build like permaculture and and like they they have this whole science of like what plants go with what plants what what insects to use like how how to like make the land work together and how to build everything so that it's like a permanent culture <laughs> that like grows in coherence with the environment and guess what nature does not send her armies to destroy them they use very few pesticides in costa rica it's very very uncommon to see a crop that is a um, monocrop especially a large one it's like very unheard of there except for i think coffee um, because the coffee industry there's been a little brutalized um, but also it is very rare to see them using pesticides like very very rare it's not necessary because nature is in balance but yeah, so so this is this is again an example of like like having this idea of oh there's there's a natural hierarchy here. There's a natural order. Um, we have to like respect these things. And there there's there's also like 
some knowledge and planning required. So hierarchy, structure, knowledge, planning, these are all things that we actually run away from when we get into spirituality, right? Mm -hmm. When we first get into what we think is Buddha nature, right? This big, open, empty, spacious state where, oh, finally I'm free from my mind, you know, that that asshole's gone. And yes, this is why meditation or yoga or breath work or whatever it is that worked for you. Or all three. This is, this is why you liked it, right? It's like, ah, oh, it's freedom from all of that, like, annoying noise. But we kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater for a while, right? Planning, structure, hierarchy, even money, because mm-hmm. it's a structure, it's a hierarchy, creates hierarchy. Money, having a boss, your 3D realm job, it is pervasive for us to see in the spiritual community. These really important parts of the material realm being tossed away. Yeah, the, and these are all the, 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 the masculine side of you. These are all the action, earth element, and the intellect, air element, inside of you. Right? So that the masculine is being temporarily turned off or suppressed by the meditative technology. And then we find some freedom in that. We find some, like, we get the, into the flow. We get into the water, which is the emotional center. And we get into, if we're lucky, the passion and the fire. And we get to experience those two together, which is all of the feminine. And that's beautiful, but that's not the point. That's just a stage. It's a stage in the process. It is not the end goal. And so many people get there and they've been so traumatized by the regular 3D realm society that they just stop there. Yeah. They stop in the feminine. They stop. They don't do any planning. They push away money. They push away hierarchy. And the the symptom of this is living a life that is completely pleasure focused. Now, you know Sian and I love talking about pleasure. Your pleasure is your power. Your pleasure is your power, but not the way you think it is. Right. So this this is where we get into um, when we get trapped in flow, what traps us is what we do not know. Right. And if we're not in a tradition that understands this stage, if we're just, you know, doing it on our own, reading some books and doing some YouTube meditations. Yeah. It's so easy to get trapped in flow and thinking it's the thing um, because anything that would help us evolve past this stage feels like it's pulling us out of that flow. Right? It feels like it's making us start to have to discern or think again or do something uncomfortable. And we're, we're in this like narrative in many spiritual communities of follow your bliss. And this narrative is so destructive. In many neo-spiritual yeah. communities. Let yeah. me just be clear here. This is not in the ones that have tied, tried the test of time. This only exists in neo-spiritual communities. Yeah. And, and it's a trap, guys, because... I, I mean, like these teachings are like thousands of years old and they recognize that you're not just you, that you're, you're built out of many components and that there's parts of you that are just not on board for evolution, right? There's, from an evolutionary perspective, there's parts of you that are designed to keep you comfortable and safe. And when you turn the intellect off, when you suppress it and you transcend it, but you exclude it and you go into that more flowy, um, watery nature, then 
you lose your ability to recognize that there's a part of you that's not completely on board with continuing to evolve. And then it makes you feel uncomfortable anytime you get close to something that might help you see that. So this might be, um, a, you know, a daily routine. I mean, I feel you, if anyone's done their human design, if you're not a generator, the idea of a daily routine might make you want to puke a little bit. That's fine. It did for me a long time too. It's why one of the core teachings for us is how to make a routine that doesn't make you want to puke using masculine feminine energies. Ask us if you want a copy of that. Um, but the important thing to note here is that some of the ways that you need to bring this structure back in is Things like having a routine, you know, doing your daily meditation, no ifs, ands, or fucking buts. You do your daily meditation or your yoga or your breath work practice. Like you get to choose what those things are and assuming you're not in a community that decides for you, but assuming that you're doing this on your own, you choose what that looks like, but you have to choose something and you have to commit to doing it. That could also be like, you know, working with a coach or up-leveling. Um, you know, investing money that feels uncomfortable, doing things that feels uncomfortable, committing to retreats and being willing to be uncomfortable. See, the thing is that, and the Buddhists, the Buddhists know this deeply, that the teaching is called the five hindrances of mind. And they know that every time somebody sits down to meditate, they are going to go through these five hindrances, or, or they're not. They might bounce off of them because, oh, this is uncomfortable. I don't want to do this. But they happen every time you meditate, and they happen all throughout the day. Anytime you head towards something that's not what your program, your subconscious programming thinks is normal, anytime you try to go outside of the program, it's going to use these to push you back. Right? So if meditation's not normal, it's going to use these to push you back. If going to the gym is not normal, if reading before bed is not normal, right? Like you guys get the idea. Literally any habit that you are trying to step into, these five hindrances are going to get thrown in your face every single time in exactly this order. Right. And the first one is desire. All of a sudden, you sit down, all of a sudden you're thinking about something more entertaining. Oh, you know, I'd rather be eating pizza right now, or I'd rather be like playing dodgeball, or, or watching Netflix, or right. scrolling Facebook, right. or or just I'd rather be thinking instead of like focusing on my breath. This is boring. Why are we doing this, mm -hmm. right? And if if you notice that and you feel discomfort with it, and you, you kind of push through it, then you get to the next one. The next stage is aversion. It's like, ah, oh, you know, I don't really like like this. You know, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. Um, my back hurts. My hip hurts. This chair is broken this and it's hurting me. I'm too hot. I'm too cold. You know. There's too much construction noise outside. You, like, like, <laughs> listen, like the, the, the algorithm that runs your subconscious knows you and it knows which things to use to try and get you to move. Right. If you're trying not to move, it's going to try and get you to move. If you're trying to uh, make a phone call that you don't want to make, it's going to try and make you not want to make the phone call. Right. It's going to throw these things at you. Okay. That's a version. The third and the middle one is called restlessness. All of a sudden, you just can't stay focused. Your mind starts running a mile a minute. Your body's uncomfortable and moving. And they're both like trying to 
basically get you to do anything other than this because it's already thrown a version it's already thrown desire those haven't worked now it's like okay now now it's just like let's just just move we're let's just, just gonna, be fidgety we're just gonna fidget we're just gonna like get distracted oh all of a sudden facebook's more important than what i was trying to focus on all of a sudden you know why am i looking at whatsapp you know like you just why is my phone out of my pocket i thought i was like trying to focus on the budget how many times have you literally just like caught yourself staring at your phone and been like i don't even know why this is in my hand right now yeah this is this is restlessness okay so the fourth one and many people, get, this one just gets you because it, it, it's plausible for most people. It's called sloth and torpor or um, just sleepiness, just, just you know, getting, getting sleepy. And, um, well, I mean, if you believe it, it's true. And then you just shut down. Um, I mean, if you actually are sleepy, then it's really hard to like recognize the difference between the two. <laughs> so like you got to actually be well rested to know that this is actually a thing. But you know, one of the ways that I, because this is my, this is the one that usually trips me up is getting really curious about what I was doing right before mm -hmm. that feeling came up. Like if I was feeling fine, I wasn't tired at all. I was like, oh, you know, it's sunny out. I'm really energized. And then I sit down to write a chapter in a book. Or I sit down to do something that I just, you know, for whatever reason, don't my being doesn't feel like doing. All of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my eyes got heavy. It my, feels like my brain just started slowing down. So when those feelings of extreme exhaustion come up out of nowhere, my question now is, have I drank enough water today? <laughs> Always. And then what was I doing right before this? Yeah, that's, that's right. Because, I mean, yeah, there are definitely times where I'm not sleeping enough and I am legitimately tired. And in those cases, yeah, go take a nap. Go, go, go get a nap. Go yeah. take a nap, you know, go to bed a little earlier. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're legitimately like everything was great and then all of a sudden I put my fingers on the keys to type out that email that I'm like resisting, resisting yeah. and all of a sudden I got really tired, that is sloth and torpor. Mm -hmm. And if you push through that one, all of a sudden, the sleepiness disappears, and that's how you know it was bullshit. That's how you know it was your subconscious yanking your chain. I've started threatening my subconscious with coffee. Yeah. When it's like, I know I need to do this, and I know that this is what's <laughs> happening. I don't give a flying fuck if it's 9 o'clock at night. I'm going to go drink an espresso, and then we're going to be up till 3. So so this is, this is it, right? And, and the final, the final boss is... Dun, dun, dun. Doubt. Uh, why am I doing this? It's not going to work anyways. Or why, why did I listen to that guy? Like, I, he, I, I guess I thought he knew what he was doing, but now I'm kind of, I'm not sure. It, maybe it just won't work for me or, you know, maybe his teachings are bullshit. I or, thought this goal was really awesome, but now it seems like maybe I'm going to have to do a lot of work. It probably won't work anyways. Maybe I'll just push it out. Yeah. And then you just start to justify your way out of doing it and you don't even know it that it's not you mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just the voice in my head of course it's me right yeah. the like, teacher is the one of the people the teachings yeah and the your ability to to follow the teachings so the person that's teaching you the coach the boss the book that you're reading right that yeah. is telling you to do a thing that makes you uncomfortable doubting them 
the teachings. So what are they act the the actual teaching? The transmission, the transmission. Or the, the methods or whatever. Right. And then your ability to actually execute on the methods. Oh, they probably won't work for me. Yeah. They, they work for everyone else, but not me. I'm special. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm special yeah. in the way that I'm just not lucky and I'm just not fortunate and this shit just won't work for me. Yeah. So that's, that's doubt. And, and it's like, eh, you know, like meditation is just not for me. It's like, you know, it probably works for a lot of people, but I'm, I'm special. I have like ADHD or something and it's not just not going to work. My brain is different. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. Bullshit. Now, now, if you imagine you've got these five gatekeepers, these are powerful beings. Desire. Oh, she's powerful. Aversion. Even more powerful. That guy's a dick. Restlessness. That one's you know, a lot of fun, isn't one, it? Well, yeah. Right? And, and doubt. Oh, man. That, that'll eviscerate you. And sloth. Who doesn't want to just nap all day? Yeah. Like... These guys are gatekeepers to true liberation from your programming, from your history. Mm-hmm. And if you imagine, okay, so it doesn't sound like you could pass through those gates accidentally, does it? Because let's be honest with ourselves here. Each one of these, we know, if you know yourself, you know you give in to these. Mm-hmm. You know you give in to these. Yeah, you should be literally, as you're listening to this, nodding your head going, oh shit, yep, I see this one, I see right. this one. In fact, we literally just presented this teaching in one of our wealth containers because this is so fundamental that we teach it in, in basically all of our containers. This is something that's important for people to learn. And we had a, a client in our wealth container that had just moved through all of these yesterday while she was trying to change the way she saves her money. Trying to change the way she saves her money, knew that these wealth principles that she had to do, like she knew, like she's like, oh yeah, this this is the right thing to do. And still had to sit there for 90 minutes trying to decide, Mm -hmm. trying to make the decision that she already knew was the right decision. Mm -hmm. And And to actually then execute. She told us about this. And then we talked about the five hindrances and she's like, that, yeah. that was it. That was what I was dealing with Every single for 90 one minutes. In each order. And see, this is why we don't just give people a system or a structure that like, you know, oh, you know, just uh, save 10% of your income and like this and that and the other thing. Because we know they won't do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You need to get this deeper training, you need to get more discerning with what drives you and what actually is making you make decisions. Because let's be honest, like how many five steps to ultimate freedom, like, you know, checklist to the best podcast, like whatever it is that you're trying to change in your life right now, you probably have at least 15 different freebie downloads that you've got from fucking Facebook ads. But you haven't done any of them. You haven't done any of them yet. And that's because you are too busy staying in a state of comfort, of feminine, of follow your bliss. Now, now just going back to the five gatekeepers, right? Like, you're not going to pass them accidentally. You have to pass them on purpose. With intention. Intentionally. So if you have dismantled the part of you that has intention and you have gotten stuck in too much flow, like look at what's happened to your life right? Your shadow has you by the 
whatever it is that you identify with having. <laughs> Some, one of those sexual organs, whichever one you have. Right? It's got you. It's got you, as they say in, uh, in Spanish, it's got you by the cojones. Fun, right. fun fact, we said that to our primarily Spanish team and they like burst they, out laughing. They lost, because their, they lost their shit. In English, it's like a thing that we say that's really acceptable and in Spanish, it's apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny coming from an English person. Yeah. Who, yeah, they, who, they had who says it exactly like that too, right? Yeah. So like going into the feminine and going into the realm so like okay yeah hey look i can access psychic powers and, and all this other sort of stuff this is this is oh this there is, the is no such thing as time yeah. and everything is, is perfect this is, this all is, the time this is all great stuff but this is the realm of illusion okay how do you know if your shadow is making up that psychic hit you just got or how do you know it's an actual psychic hit, right? If you do not have discernment, if you do not have the sword of discernment, the kartika, right? Like you need to have the ability to decide. And if you're still suppressing that capacity because it was a real dick to you, and because this is what you've been taught to do is like is is like at all costs turn this off then you're staying at a specific stage and you're not going to evolve beyond that and we don't want that for you right like the intellect must come back online and this is the thing all the ancient masters know this you know they they say things like oh yeah they they say the mind, but they mean the intellect. They say the mind, it's a terrible master, but a very good servant, mm -hmm. right? And so like you get to the stage where you can turn it on and use it for planning and use it for discernment and use it for judgment, for severity. But then you can turn it off and go back into that flow mm -hmm. and receive the messages and receive the downloads and receive the codes or whatever the fuck you guys call it these days. <laughs> the keys. The keys, yeah. I don't, I don't know what the Spiritual kids, marketing I, I don't, lingo. I don't know what the kids are calling this anymore, but um, yeah, you, 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 can, you can go in all of that. And, and, and this is more powerful, right? Like imagine, it's like, oh, I can flow into my water and then I can flow into my air, my intellect. Yeah, what we're highlighting here is the ability to consciously choose. This is what mastery really looks like, is the ability to consciously choose which tool am I going to use for this job, right? Instead of being presented with a screw and a hammer and all you have is a hammer, which is how most of us have been raised, you know, now we've just said, oh, I actually don't want to deal with the screw at all. But it's like you live in the material realm. You have to deal with it. This is a core teaching of the Kabbalion. You have to deal in the material realm. You don't get to fly above it. And in order to do that, but now you're coming back, you get more than just a hammer, right? Now I've developed, I have a screwdriver and I have pliers and I have a saw. I have these four really cool tools. And a flamethrower. And, and a flamethrower. Baby, baby with a ray gun. Right? So you've got all these new tools you can choose. Do I want to be more in my masculine? What type of masculine do I want to be in? What tool suits this specific situation? It doesn't mean you live there all the time. Yeah. Like if I'm analyzing a budget, I absolutely need to be in the air element. I need to be in the intellect. I need to be in logic and reasoning and detail focus. But 
if I'm trying to decide what is the essence of our teachings going to be for the next year or what's going to be the best way to structure something new, well, that, you can't use anything from the past to do that. You, you can't use the intellect to sort through data and to sort through history and come up with an answer. You're going to always come up with no answer. And this is why accessing the feminine, accessing the flow, accessing the water element and the fire element is so important because then you get the answers from the beyond in, in, in a way, right? You, you get the downloads that help you frame something that is completely groundless. And I really like what you mentioned earlier, and I, I want to bring this back, is this idea of how do you know that hit that you got is a psychic hit or just your ego getting in the way? Discernment. Right. The truth is, for most of the people listening to this podcast, you fucking don't know the difference. No. Why don't you know the difference? Because you haven't put in the work to be able to know the difference. You have to have a structure, a routine that you know your ego is going to kick against mm -hmm. so that you can observe the stories and the bullshit that it throws up at you, all those hindrances and the nature of those hindrances. So you learn the texture and the flavor of what is not a psychic hit. It's all in the language that you're using. You must know or you must learn, this is all intellect, air element, left brain, right? This is all that masculine side of things that is controlling how you reflect upon what is happening, what has happened, and what that means about what might happen next. The intellect is the only, is the, is the right tool for this job, right? Um, but if you're stuck, it's suppressing the intellect, suppressing the, the masculine side of yourself, and you're, you're stuck in, in the water, in the flow, in the, in the really feminine, creative, and, and emotional, you know, you're never going to be able to put one and two together and get three, mm -hmm. right? You're never going to be able to observe, hey, there's patterns here. And these patterns kind of, if I, if I recognize them, that seeing I was talking about the five hindrances, maybe I'm actually going through this. Yeah, it's pattern recognition and analysis are masculine all tendencies, right? Yeah, but if you're constantly blowing the intellect away by doing very specific types of Practices and then, or just not doing any practices because they don't any, feel aligned don't feel or I don't enjoy them. Anymore, right? And anytime somebody tells you to do something that yeah. you don't like, you're just like, nope, yeah. that doesn't feel this is spiritual bypassing. Also, like, you know, the masters will tell you as soon as you think you're free, as soon as you think you're liberated, then you're lost. Mm, that's right? a good one. I feel like a lot of people need to hear that right now because who's making you think that? The one who doesn't want to change, I guarantee you that. Mm -hmm. If you're thinking that you're free, then you're trapped by just another story, mm -hmm. right? Like even Buddha at the end of his days was still looking. He was still vigilant for facets of the shadow, facets of the ego, and not even his own, just ones that get projected into him, mm -hmm. you know? One of our... Um psychic mentors 
uses this term called spiritual aggression. Hmm. And this is something that I feel we've really lost in the neo-spirituality community. All of the ancient spiritual and religious systems work like this. And, you know, there've been some not great- They've been grueling. Yeah, yeah, there's been some not great stories. You know, like we've all, we've heard the not great stories, but like those are the only ones we've heard, sure. But that doesn't mean that's all that there is. There's a lot of people that had very healthy, spiritually aggressive tendencies. For example, you know, a lot of yogis wake up before sunrise. They do practice. And this is also very common for magicians because of the energy of the hour Mm -hmm. right before sunrise is a very specific type of energy. So they'll get up at 4 a.m. and they'll meditate at 4 a.m. And then they'll do yoga with the sun coming up at 5 or depending on where you are in the world, what time the sun comes up. Right. And then they go about their day. That is spiritual aggression. Yeah. Being aggressive with yourself and your own ego who's trying to keep you comfortable and unevolved. Yeah, like if you look at the even the tantrics, like the Tibetans, you know, they they this is where Wim Hof learned a lot of his his techniques. Which is, many would consider aggressive, right? If yeah, you look at actually, Wim Hof stuff, it's very aggressive. It is aggressive because he's commanding the autonomic nervous system to shift the way that it's operating so that you don't get sick. Or so cold that or you whatever. don't get cold. Right? Like he's dominating, he's transmuting, transforming the default operating mode of the body into a new operating mode by sheer force of will. And of course, the knowledge that he has on what works. You know, and and it's not easy. Like if you start doing these like inner fire practices, like like they had they had um Tibetan monks who would go out inside in the middle of winter up in the Himalayas and they'd sit in the snow and they would do their inner fire and they'd start to produce so much heat that the snow under them would start melting and their teachers would take wet blankets and then pile them on top of them to the point where it was a competition to see who could dry out the most blankets in the middle of fucking winter. Mm -hmm. That's how much heat they can produce just doing these practices but i can tell you they are not easy this is like olympic level training and it's certainly not something that they're just like manifesting in the energetic field like they are 3d realm practicing this building the muscles all the time like this is grueling work this isn't just oh i journaled about it for a couple weeks and now all of a sudden i have this power no you've got to fucking practice it and why did they do this because they know that they gain magical mystical powers as a result of this and this helps them understand reality at a deeper level and that's worth way more than any gold bar or stack of cash to Mm -hmm. them even initiatory practices like if we look at the zokchen tantra (laughs) lineage, right? You have to, before they'll even really spend any real amount of time with you, they require 100,000 minimum, minimum prostrations and mantras, right? And mantras. Now it takes about what? 30 seconds. If you're really fast at a prostration, it takes about 30 seconds to do one. Right? Yeah, like if you do the mantras and the prostrations at the same time, which is kind of what you're supposed to do, um, you can you can do like a hundred an hour. Um, You can get better at it and do more, but like that's gonna take you like three years, man. 
you know. (laughs) And that's assuming you're doing them consistently. Yeah. And when you do them, they're a a whole body physical workout. They're way better of a physical workout than doing a burpee. And guess what? You're going to hit all of the hindrances. You're going to hit all of the hindrances and they're a purification practice. So you're going to hit a bunch of really deep shit and it's a meditation. So while you're basic, if you can imagine doing burpees while also holding a really complex meditation in your brain, do that a hundred thousand times. Yeah. Spiritual aggression, you guys. So yeah, what we're saying is like, if you truly want to evolve, if you're truly on the spiritual path, but you've found that you've kind of like disengaged a little bit, stepped back, you still feel a lot better than you used to, but like the practices have started to wane and you've kind of gone into neutral in a lot of other areas of your life. And maybe, maybe even like your ability to be effective in this world has kind of waned. Maybe you're finding um, that you're using the terminology, oh, that doesn't feel aligned for me right now, right? Sometimes that's true. But if you're finding that that's coming out more often than not, or you're never doing things that are uncomfortable. Look at the hindrances. Right. Maybe that's why it doesn't feel aligned. Exactly. Right. Most people use this doesn't feel aligned as a total scapegoat to just say, I'd like to stay in my cozy little blanket here. But that's not what the spiritual path is about. No, this is this is absolutely about learning to get into the feminine and recognize that you are not the masculine. But then you also got to get into the masculine and recognize, oh, hey, I'm not... I'm not the feminine either. What am I? Right? That's the real question that you're trying to answer. Mm-hmm. You know, what are you? What are you and what tools do you get to use for the job at hand? And you have to individually practice those tools. Yeah, and and staying and plateauing and thinking that you're there um because you figured out a way to like feel blissful. Uh you're just going to find that um there's no evolution in that way there's there's no and and you know like we we have got the data guys like you become less and less effective the more you just rest in the feminine and that's not going to be good for your purpose here Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's so much more on the on the path right there's so much more available to you don't stop at bliss don't stop at oh i don't hate myself anymore that's great We're so happy that you don't hate yourself anymore, but that's only like stage two. And there's like 18, at least 18 other documented places that you could go. Why would you stop at only the second ladder rung on the ladder when you've got a whole other 20 steps to go and being disciplined and having spiritual aggression with yourself, getting curious about the hindrances and pulling yourself back into a balanced relationship with your masculine and feminine is the next way forward. Okay, so hopefully that's triggered the fuck out of you mm-hmm. and you're hating on us right now. If that's true, then um, yay, we've done our job and uh, don't call us until you've got worked through that. And Don't call us until you've actually done the, <laughs> and, done the and discipline then, for at least two weeks. And then feel grateful that uh, you encountered this and uh, yeah, then like we'll happily receive your uh, compliments. Mm-hmm. All right. Have a good one, guys. We'll see you on the next episode. We are so grateful that you decided to hit play on today's episode. If anything in this episode has inspired you or helped you transform your life, make sure to let others know by sharing a review on Spotify or iTunes so we can keep our community growing. We absolutely adore giving away free gifts 
Send us a screenshot of your review to team at theprism.org to receive a special meditation from us as a gift of gratitude. We absolutely cannot wait to connect with you in the next episode. Between now and then, don't forget to visit our website at theprism.org. And remember, the goal is always in you.